0: This is Many Lamps in the Room, a podcast by and for New City Church in Vienna, Virginia. This week, we have the first of a two-part conversation about Adult Sunday School with Dave Schulker and Fred Kuhl. Before we get to that, however, we always like to start our podcast with a brief discussion about the Catechism question from this Sunday's liturgy. Heidelberg Catechism question number one. What is your only comfort in life and death? Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. This is the first question of the Heidelberg Catechism. As a church, we've gone through the Westminster Shorter Catechism and the New City Catechism. The Heidelberg Catechism is also considered to be a reformed creed, but it arises from the Dutch reformed tradition. A lot of people like the language of the Heidelberg, and it has a slightly different tone or character, but fundamentally harmonious theology. Uh, I've recommended using Star Meads, Teaching Hearts, Training Minds for Family Worship, using the Westminster Shorter Catechism. She's written one on the Heidelberg Catechism as well uh, that I can recommend, and that's called Comforting Hearts teaching minds. I was able to attend the first week of Dave Shulker's class on the Westminster Shorter Catechism that we'll actually talk about uh, later on in today's episode. And he mentioned an article in the Gospel Coalition by Kyle Dawn, D-O-N-N, that powerfully illustrated the usefulness of the catechisms. And of this particular question. Kyle talks about a personal incident where he and his wife are on an airplane that looks like it's about to crash. And as the plane is plummeting, he turns to her and they repeat this question and answer. What is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and death to my faithful savior, Jesus Christ. We live in a society that tells us that freedom is not being beholden to anybody. But that puts you alone on a tightrope without a safety net and high winds. Juvenile literature is full of stories where the parents are absent so that the young protagonist can have agency. But our children know that that would be the worst thing that could happen to them. That is a nightmare scenario to have no comfort of home. Our ultimate assurance, no matter what happens to us, no matter what we are facing, is that we have a God that is in control and who loves us, and we belong to him. We may feel lost, confused, overwhelmed, in pain. Jesus is there. He is with us. He will take care of us. And the worst thing that can possibly happen is the best thing to ever happen, which is eternal life with Him. And that makes us ready to live for Him. That's a great thing to tell kids. When they need comfort, we usually say things like, it's okay, you're all right, or, oh, that sucks. But we can also say, you belong to Jesus. He loves you. And he's taking care of you no matter what happens God will make it right
1: it's a really interesting thing I mean, our, our congregation is pretty well educated I mean they, they are for the most part professional people so they have a lot of background in you know, their chosen field of study and for them not to have a corresponding degree of their, uh, clarity about
0: what they believe mm. is mm. um, We have here David Shulker and Fred Cool, and I've invited them on to the podcast to see if they would talk to me specifically about adult Sunday school, because I know that both of them are preparing. And Dave, you're actually running currently a, an adult Sunday school class. And so thank you very much for making the time to talk to me and uh, for having a little chat. Uh, about this. Dave, tell us a little bit about your Sunday school. What it's about, how it's going.
2: Yeah. We're so the Sunday school is focused on the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is one of the three what they call confessional standards for our denomination. Catechism is basically a teaching tool that goes through the major things systematically that the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. Lots of different traditions have them, including the Catholic church, including the Lutheran church, including, uh, you know, in the Presbyterian tradition, our, our cousin tradition from the continent of Europe, the, uh, like Dutch and, you know, uh, German Calvinists, they have their own set of, uh, standards that are very similar to ours. And so the idea of a Sunday school is we're going to spend four weeks going through the shorter catechism systematically, the shorter catechism Among the three is really unique because you might think of it as, oh, we're going through these confessional standards, so we're getting into a lot of deep theology. And that's not what actually studying the shorter catechism is about. Studying the shorter catechism is about really nailing down the basics of what the Bible systematically teaches. And when you do that, you actually find in a lot of cases, there might be even things that you've missed in your study of the Bible because. You're seeing a lot of little details and you haven't taken a chance to zoom out. So the way, the best way I can relate to it, if I can tell you a quick story back when. Back when Sonny was just born, my daughter, Sonny was just mm. born. She was a newborn and you have a lot of time where you're just sitting there. Michelle's holding a baby or feeding a baby or whatever, and you have time to kill. Yeah. And so I decided to take the opportunity to watch some, I, I never understood chess. And I decided to take the opportunity to watch <laughs> some lectures on YouTube about chess Okay, and It's interesting how many people, and I was in this boat, will say, you know, I understand what all the pieces do, but I have no idea what I'm trying to accomplish when I'm playing chess. Right, 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 And you listen to, and so I would pull up these lectures from these grandmasters, and they wouldn't be saying really nitty-gritty things about all the in-depth details about what the pieces do. What they would say is, in the beginning of the game, this is what you're trying to do. In the middle of the game, this is what you're trying to do. So in the beginning of a chess game, everyone will tell you, Your goal is to develop your pieces and castle. Your goal is to get your pieces to the middle of the board where they can do damage and then castle so that you can protect your king. Mm -hmm. And even that detail immediately clears up, oh, well, I knew what these pieces did, but I didn't actually know what I was trying to accomplish or how the different movements of the pieces would fit together to form a chess game. And so I think in a lot of ways, maybe when we read the Bible, we go through and we're like, okay, I see creation. I see laws, I see prophets, I see- Lots of strange stories. I see- (laughs) I see miracles. Yeah. yeah. And so the, when the, what the catechism really does is it comes through and says, okay, these are the big ways in which all that stuff comes together. Uh, All right. From beginning to end, here are the basic things about, you know, the way the Bible comes together in order to tell us who God is, in order to tell us what our salvation is, how it works, and in order to tell us what is required of us to be saved and then to respond appropriately to the salvation that God offers. Mm. And so like that can be really illuminating, whether it's, you know, you're brand new to all this Presbyterian stuff or whether you've been doing it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's been really, I think, a helpful thing for me to prepare the class. I think it's been great for all levels of familiarity with Presbyterian doctrine for that reason. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just good stuff. And then the other thing is, is, In this day and age, we generally don't really memorize anything because we can always look it up on our phones and our pockets. Mm -hmm. But then when we do that, we miss out on the privilege of having it influence our thinking because it actually is in our brain and it comes to mind without you having to, uh, you know, look it up. Mm -hmm. And so the shorter catechism is designed to be memorized. And if you take the time to just look at these beautiful, brief, concise statements of what's true about the Bible and memorize it, then that ministers to you, it encourages your faith in ways that, you know, you don't fully, you're not fully conscious of, yeah. and it affects your thinking in really positive yeah. ways. So there's lots of good things, I think, that come from studying the catechism. I'm just trying to give people an introduction to first what it is, how does it work, and then we're taking it in lightning quick, you know, four major stages really. to try to get through all the big ideas uh, as best I right. can. Right. So
0: That's great, Dave. And Fred. Let me turn to you and ask, I know that you're actually, I think you're attending actually Dave's class, but I know that at the same time, you're also preparing one yourself.
1: Um, that's true. The study that I hope to lead is on going to be on the Gospel of Luke. Um, Pastor David made the decision to delay the start of my class by a week mm-hmm. so that Dave will get his full four weeks. <laughs>
0: No overlap. I mean,
1: he, well, he's he's already going at Mach 6. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't need to go It's a lot to cover
0: faster. in four weeks. The entire yeah. short of catechism? Yeah.
1: So we'll be looking at the Gospel according to Luke, not simply going through the text, although I hope to do that pretty carefully, but paying attention both to how Luke is situated in history and also how it's situated in redemptive history. Mm-hmm. So to some extent, what Dave was saying about trying to see how the Bible fits together, yeah, we will be trying to put Luke in its context. Um, I'm also concerned to give folks tools to be able to read the text on their own. <laughs> the intent is definitely not to have me lecture on Luke as if I'm some kind of oracle, but for us to work together on the text in such a way that one consequence is increased confidence that I understand what's going on <laughs> and without having had to go to seminary and immerse myself in new testament greek or something of that sort right so those are the main things we're up to
0: yeah i have sort of a general question for the both of you which is why did uh, you agree to prepare a sunday school class what did you feel like was the value in sunday school classes adult sunday school classes in general and maybe particularly why you felt was important to Tackle this, your particular topic, your particular class.
2: So I'll say one thing, one reason why I was particularly excited. Do a, a Sunday school class on the Westminster standards in general. I think I personally have been within the past few years going through and gaining a new appreciation mm-hmm. for these, these documents, you know, you and I were part of a men's Bible study a few years back, Tom, where we went through a book called confessing the faith yeah. that, that covers as a commentary on the Westminster confession of faith. And I should say that with, we're going through shorter catechism, but you really can't study one part of these without bringing in the others. You know, you, what if you want to understand more about what they're thinking about any question in the shorter, you go to the larger, you go to the confession of faith, and then you get the whole, the whole picture. And so I was excited to study the standards in depth for myself. I was excited because I've been using those with, with my children and they've been learning them. Mm. And so then I've gained a new appreciation for them. And I think it's a good thing for our church. I think, you know, if you look at the the body of our church. We have a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds, Mm. a lot of people who might not be familiar with some of the details of the, of this particular tradition Mm. of where it fits in the reformation history. And so it's a great, it's a great opportunity to expose people. You know, it's not going to be boring to people. It's not going to be something it's in a lot of cases, things that people have never heard before and gives them an opportunity to wrestle with things about the Bible that they'd never considered. So I think it's actually our church in, in its life cycle. Mm is in a particularly good moment where oh. it's a great time to dig into these to these standards and documents.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, people are coming to our church from actually a fairly broad uh, diversity of um, backgrounds and, and faith experiences. And there are definitely some people who grew up Presbyterian or Reformed, but there's a good chunk of our congregation who's like, no, oh, I like the church, but I'm not exactly hundred percent sure about like where it stands doctrinally or differs doctrinally from what I've been used to. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And if I could offer one more, one more thing about it, maybe it's just me, but in our cultural moment, we give long explanations about everything, you know, every, <laughs> we're not sure about anything. You can't, You know, particularly in Northern Virginia, (laughs) where a lot of people are educated, you can't give a straight answer out of anybody on anything like, well, on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, particularly maybe, I don't know, I could be wrong. It's like, you can't say anything with confidence in our culture these days. And so there's something that just feels good to my brain and heart to hear these truths stated plainly and concisely, you know, from the beginning. Who is God? What are you? What is salvation? And what is required of you? And I'm going to give you a one sentence answer to 100 questions that step you through all of yeah. that. It just feels good to hear, mm. you know? Mm. Yeah.
1: If I can chime in on the importance of Dave's class, I am very glad that he's doing it for all the reasons that he's mentioned, especially the fact that the church seems to be growing. Mm-hmm. People are coming from different backgrounds. It's a really interesting thing. I mean, our, our congregation is pretty well educated. Mm. I mean, they they are, for the most part, professional people, so they have a lot of background in their own chosen field and study, and for them not to have a corresponding degree of certainty or uh, clarity about what they believe mm. is, is dangerous. Mm. The other thing I would mention, Dave hasn't really mentioned this in the class, and I might encourage him to do so, the standards actually function as our standards for our church. I don't know that all our people realize that all of our officers have signed up to this stuff, mm. you know, and that what's lurking behind everything they hear from the pulpit mm-hmm. and the Bible studies and elsewhere is this system of doctrine. Mm. And that's really what we've signed up to. You don't have to sign up to it to become a member, right. but this is what you're going to get taught if you're hanging around New City.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And and what about you, Fred? Like what drew you to Luke and why do you feel like this is something you want to help disseminate to anyone who's interested?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure, I've led a study on Luke before. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason for choosing Luke as opposed to something else is I have notes to start with, which right. has helped a lot of effort has gone into them. Yeah. I was originally attracted to doing one of the Gospels because I didn't, when I came to it, really have an idea of how to make sense out of a Gospel, how do I, how to apply it. Mm-hmm. If I study a chunk of the Gospel, what should my response be? Mm-hmm. Am I looking for some proposition to memorize, or am I supposed to respond in some way? Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't clear to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I asked myself if I had to preach how I would preach from a Gospel, No idea. (laughs) And it's been very helpful to see how Luke puts his gospel together and the response that he expects from his readers. Part of it also is my excitement about the Bible. I like the Bible. I like studying it. Um, The more I study it, the deeper it seems. And it moves my heart as well as my mind to deepen my understanding of it. And I, I do want to give people confidence that they can approach the Scripture particularly one of the gospels, the present arrangement I think is that I'm going to go for some number of weeks and then sometime in December, we'll, we will call a halt. Everybody goes kind of on vacation and stuff. Right. And then we'll see where we are.
0: Oh yeah. So, so how long is the class? How many weeks?
1: If nothing else was happening, we could go for a year.
0: While the men's group is going through Matthew, you could be going through Luke.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it would take take about as long to do. That's not my understanding what we're going to do. We're going to start out, I think it's eight or nine weeks, which will get us to the first part of December. Happily, we'll get through the Christmas story. Yeah, You know, we'll we'll get through all of that initially. Mm. Then, uh, partly because I have to travel, my hope is the leadership will stop and think about what we want to do next. Mm. I'd be perfectly happy to pick up with Luke and go further with it at Mm. that point. But, you know, over Christmas, over summer, People tend to travel. Church may want to do something different.
0: Oh, okay. So this might be like a multi-part class that you're sort of tackling, maybe a first the first couple chapters, and then um, taking a break, and then coming back for anyone who wants to continue with it, or newcomers who want to see what the all the hubbub is about to to, to continue on with as as you go.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And the timing uh, seems to work out pretty good, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. And we'll cut it short there. And I'll post the rest of our conversation next week. I'll leave you with a quick recommendation, which is a recent episode of the RTS Faculty Podcast. Our church is really fortunate to share a space with RTS Washington, D.C., and that seminary's faculty podcast is always a must-listen for me. They're starting a new series on tough text, notoriously difficult or head-scratching passages in the Bible, and their first episode about it is focused on the authority and infallibility of Scripture. They have such a great, deep discussion on how and why we read and trust the Bible, I I just really endorse listening to that episode. We pray our discussion was edifying to you, and we'd love to hear any feedback. Mark's email is mark at newcityva.org. Stephen Price provided the music, and you can find more of it at almadogma.bandcamp.com. That's A-L-M-A-D-O-G-M-A abandcampcom We're recording on equipment generously donated by Sonny Kim, and you can find out more about our church at newcityva.org. Thanks for listening. And until next time, watch those windows.